Welcome to another episode of the Guillotine Press, the podcast harder than your mom's Armageddon soundtrack. I am your host, Brian Brooks, along with my friends Travis Ibarra Hello. and Josh Heath. Greetings. <laughs> uh, so Why are we laughing, boys? I don't know, because we're sad. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, we're good. Yeah, well, all right, boys. It's uh, good to be back. It is good to be back. It for... is good to be back. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun on this episode and tonight. We have a lot of things that we do want to get to. But before we start having fun, we do want to acknowledge that um, we, had a, we had a horrible tragedy in, in the metal world this week. Uh, the founding drummer of Slipknot, Joey Jordison, did pass away um, at this point almost a week ago. And as you guys know, if you've been listening to us since the beginning... Um, Slipknot was one of the bands we featured on one of our very first battles. So, as you can imagine, that's a band that's pretty big to all of us. And, uh, you know, that's a loss. And it really sucks. Um, the dude has had an amazing talent. And, you know, I, I if you were following us on social media, I mean, we posted a few kind of highlight videos, if you will, where just Joey was doing his thing. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that sucks you know somebody dies it's sometimes it takes someone to to leave you before you re- truly realize how uh, how gifted someone it was with their talents but so um i don't know if you guys want to say anything else to that um, yeah for sure um it was it was a hard one for me because i grew up with slipknot um mm-hmm. they were like the first super heavy band that i got into um you know, I remember growing up, I would watch YouTube videos of Joey Jordison, like just practicing drumming or just like, you know, the theatric that w- theatrics that would come along with his drumming at shows and all that. And, you know, if you were uh, a kid in the 2000s and you were into metal and you were a drummer, you know, Joey Jordison was your idol mm-hmm. for the most part. A lot of kids idol. Um it was a hard one for me too. It was just like that band means so much to me in terms of, you know, my favorite music and all that. It was a, I can't lie. It was a really emotional one for me because, you know, it's kind of that part of your childhood that, you know, you cling on to that you, you know, and these things, um, it's weird because our, these people that we grew up listening to and we see and we listen to their records or we see them on TV or we see them in concert. Um, it just seems like they're, you know, immortal. You know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. Uh, the fact of the matter is that nobody's here forever, and kind of like what Brooks said, um, we kind of take things for granted while they're here. And when you have stuff like this, it kind of just reminds you not to take things for granted. And uh, yeah, it, it's hard to mince words when you're talking about how much like that band meant to me growing up. So this one was a pretty tough loss. Um, yeah, I went to, I saw them a couple times in concert, um, so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah, and a couple tough losses, like um, another one, like it seems like over this past week was uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Yeah, that was another one. Another very, very influential band. Like uh, I remember growing up listening to ZZ Top tapes, and my dad's like, he had a 66 Ford pickup, and um, we used to listen to Z, like a bunch of ZZ Top records. Like he was a big ZZ, him being a Texas guy, you know, ZZ Top was all over the place like growing up, but and it, even like, like to even trace them back to metal, like I remember uh, an interview that Rob Zombie did. I think it was on Joe Rogan, where you remember he was like, um, a lot of the guys I was playing with early on, they were like, "Yeah, we just played ZZ Top, but just played it faster." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they 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 literally like learned from these dudes playing guitar and just played it quicker. And they were like, "Yeah, that's how we learned to play guitar." But uh, yeah, just dude, just a little shout out to those guys. Um, gone way too soon but yeah uh, for sure and uh we also have to while it kind of it sounds kind of selfish that you know we mourn the loss of these people because we enjoy their music so much is you know we forget that they do have families sometimes and Mm -hmm. um you know they have people that they were close to in their personal lives that you know it's really sad you know 
it, it's just a, it really sucks and like these kind of situations really put things in perspective that you know sometimes life is really short and um, you should really just kind of cherish things while they're here mm-hmm. yeah and that and it almost kind of puts a puts a bow on the, i mean i know they're still playing show like they just played a show a couple of days ago but like zz top recently celebrated 50 years as a band yeah and like that's that's just mind-blowing in and of itself but yeah losing dusty that's that's a big one for them i mean that's that was my that was probably my dad's favorite band too so like even as as a kid growing up like i heard uh, we were always always listening to zz top so mm-hmm. um you know it's not like it's not like it's my favorite band but like that's just a band that like i have a special super influential to. band i have yeah. a like i have a super like soft spot for them because like my dad likes it so much and that was something we always kind of enjoyed listening to together so mm-hmm. yeah R.I.P. Dusty. Yeah, rest in power to the rest uh, in power. That's to right. The great Joey Jordison. Gone and, too soon at the yep. age of forty-six, and Dusty yep. I think was seventy-two. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully their families do well through all of this. Beyond that, like we do have what we what we think is going to be a really interesting episode today. Um, we kind of have a we told you so that I'm pretty excited about today. So that's pretty yeah. dope. So if you guys have been listening to us up until now. Um, when we get to that point, you'll be like, yeah, they, they did kind of tell us about this, didn't they? Um, uh, Travis, when we get to our spotlights, he's got some, he's got something I think it's going to really, uh, turn into a, a, a nice conversation piece. But, um, first off, I guess let's just kind of get into, you know, kind of how we start every episode. What do you guys, what's everybody listening to? Um, I guess I'll, this week I'll kind of start off. Because I don't know if you guys have ever listened to these guys, but I was driving in the I was driving the other day, and I was listening to like Octane and Liquid Metal. I don't even remember which station I heard it on. And I heard this band, and I've heard them before, but this particular time they just really caught my attention. And I was like, "What the fuck is this shit?" It was Twelve Foot Ninja. Have you ever listened to them, Josh? They're a great band. Yeah, I've, like, heard, I've heard of them, but I haven't. Listened and I to them. heard this fucking song. Um, I think it was Start the Fire. It's like it's their new single. They're a good band. They're like, what kind of stuff are we talking about here? It's like, like very, very. They're like, eclectic. Yeah, I'll put it that way. Yeah, they are definitely a hard rock metal slash metal band. But like, you remember how, for instance, when Metallica made S and M, they played with an orchestra, mm-hmm. and Architects just recently they. If you listen to Octane every now and again, you'll hear them play Animals with an orchestra. Like, that kind of shit's just on their album, like, in random songs. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll have a song where it's, like, purely just a hard rock metal song. Then, like, you'll go to the next track, and it's, like, hard rock, but then you'll hear, like, string instruments in the back. Like, violins and shit. And then the next track, they'll have, like, electronica going on. So are we talking like progressive metal, like, uh, like very. Dream it's, theater, it's very like progressive, yeah. Type stuff, yeah. But like this, this new track, um, not like dream theater per se, but mm-hmm. it's it's very progressive. Um, they're definitely don't metal, yeah. That like, even on like, and the thing is, like, I heard this song and I was like, oh, that like I just thought it was a good song, and then I got looking into them a little bit and uh, and I I forgot which album I listened to. But like just going track to track, like you just get a different flavor of music in every song, mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought it was really, I thought it was really cool. Um, oh, and something I, I forgot to mention. This is a good a good spot to mention this because um, if you tune in, if you if you rec- if you listen to uh, last week's episode and caught it on social media, you probably realize you probably noticed that we posted, we created and posted an episode playlist for the first time. So as a group, we decided that when we post our episodes on Fridays now, what we want to do is make a Spotify playlist um, that has uh, tracks covering band like artists and songs that we talked about on the pod. So um, this week for sure, I'm gonna include some Twelve Foot Ninja because I'm kind of curious. I kind of want other people to hear what I'm hearing and just see what everybody like what everybody else thinks about this band too because i think like they're not like a new band like they've been around for a little bit but like i've this is the first time i really dug in and i kind of dig it mm-hmm. like it's a it's it's a nice change up so. yeah this is their third studio album and it's called vengeance 
and uh yeah, yeah. is so, that what start the fires off of mm-hmm. is that yeah do you have a release date on that because i don't think it's out yet i don't see a release date yet um probably fall i'd assume i would assume, probably assume yeah, yeah fall or winter uh they had a single come out uh in may called long way home and then start the fire came out july 9th yeah yeah that's start the call. fires when i heard first that's a good call i'm gonna check them out man yeah it's I think you would dig it. Like, there's there's definitely, like, you'll hit some tracks where you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? But, like, mm-hmm. at yeah. the same time, you're like, this is kind of cool, though. Yeah, it's it's very, like, uh, it's very progressive metal. It's very kind of experimental. Um, yeah, it's, I, like, just looking at, like, some people yeah, call them, like, funk metal. Mm-hmm. So, okay, interesting. Yeah, pretty cool. So, yeah. J- Josh, do you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm highlighting this week the band Full of Hell. Okay. Uh, their new album coming out is called Garden of Burning Apparitions, <laughs> and uh, their new song, their new song, Industrial Messiah Complex, right. is just like a minute and a half of punishing grindcore, uh-huh. just in your face, panic attack inducing like <laughs> music that is just very chaotic. Um, and what was this band again? Uh, it's called Full of. They're they're called Full of Hell. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And their album, Garden of Burning Apparitions, and the new song is Industrial Messiah Complex. And if you're into grindcore, super super heavy stuff, um, you're gonna dig this. This band is phenomenal. Their album is 12 songs, 21 minutes long. The album is 21 <laughs> minutes. Oh, <laughs> nice. And it's just yes. going to be punishing now, from Josh, start to finish. Now, Josh, for our listeners, because I know some of our listeners aren't uh, as familiar with all the subgenres of metal, can you give like the Cliff Notes version of what grindcore would be? The simplest way you can... It's like doing a line of coke. It's like 21 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, like The most popular grindcore band is probably Cannibal Corpse. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's pretty much... Yeah, yeah, Cannibal Corpse is grindcore, is you know how a lot of people. <laughs> Twelve yeah. songs in twenty-one minutes, dude. That's killing. Yeah. And they're it's the music <laughs> their music videos are always insane and creepy. So Travis, you would love them because it's like very horror esque. So the the new music video is just like this floating person, and it's just like moving. It's like for a minute and a half. Uh-huh. And it's just like that's awesome. I had like a panic attack listening to it. It was insane. <laughs> I loved it. Speaking of horror uh, theme, did you guys catch the new uh, Ice Nine Kills song, "The Hip to Be Scared"? I did, I did not. not no. It's good. It's a cool music video too. Um, Jacoby Shaddix is featured in it, although he's basically just like a cameo appearance. But from it's, Papa Roach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jacoby from Papa Roach, um, formerly Kobe Dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the the music video and the song is about um, American Psycho. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So it's and like they do the whole like as he gets through it, like he takes like Jacoby plays the part of the dude sitting on the couch and um, Paul Allen and he, yeah, and he like takes <laughs> and then the God, I can't. I'm, why is the Ice Nine vocal lead, lead singer Space Finger right now? What's his name? Spencer? Yeah. Spencer I think, something. I think so. Yeah. Like he's the one taking the axe and like. And he's just like hammering, going to town. And you see blood spatter going everywhere, and just mm-hmm. a bloodbath. And it's, it's a cool video. But yeah, it's that's a song and a uh, video inspired by that, uh, by that by that movie. So that's pretty dope. So kind of carrying on the Silver Scream thing, there. But that was a little tangent. But hey, whatever. Also, the I told you so. Mm-hmm. Yes, Spirit Box. Who, I guess we can't take all the credit for it because obviously a lot of people saw this coming, but. They are getting some recognition. People are buying their music. And Brooks, they debuted at number one on what charts? That was the, it was a, I think it was a billboard chart. Um, but it was the number one downloaded. Um, their new single. Hard, hard rock song. It was their single, Constance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was number one on billboards, hard rock digital songs uh, sales. For the week of August seventh, congrats! Wait, this to is them, not man. August seventh. It's not August seventh yet, but hey, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this is their debut album, and they're already rocking number one. They're a pretty killer so, group, man. Yeah, they got yeah. some pretty good stuff. This shit's about to go, and they're on tour with Limp Bizkit right now. So 
That's are they a, really? That's gonna be a fucking lit tour. Are they opening up for Limp Biscuit? <laughs> oh yeah. What? Yeah. But yeah, we should have traveled up to Hammond. <laughs> yeah, and did you see? I uh, if you follow us on Facebook, um, we posted. Uh, well, by the time you hear this on Friday, we posted on Wednesday. Um, Limp Biscuit played the Metro in Chicago, which is like a smaller venue, and they had this a fan sang full nelson I saw with that. fred durst yeah it was so awesome yeah i was like this dude is like living my dream right now just so going back to spirit box for a second dude she's such a killer vocalist mm-hmm. so is that the closest like uh limp biscuits coming to indie louisville i guess aren't they doing the louder than life festival oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah they're doing yeah, i think they're a headliner life. at louder than life yeah or... yeah but yeah they're not like coming to indie or nothing so like I wish I could have gone up there. But That'd be a pretty cool bill, though. Like, see, it, that's always cool. Like to me, like how like Mudvayne and like Limp Bizkit, even like they haven't been around for. They were like last couple years. They were like signed with Little Wayne and shit. But it's like it seems like they're like trying to come back and be a headliner again. Yeah, because of the time off. Oh yeah, and that's the thing is like they just played their first show. Yeah, they hadn't played in like a year and a half, but. They actually, their first show after their time off was in my little rinky-dink hometown of Hammond, Indiana, mm-hmm. and they played a they played a show, um, and from what I've heard, it was a really good show, mm-hmm. and that's where we get you know, dad vibe Fred Durst now, which is so sick something, <laughs> <laughs> so killer, dude. What was killing me was the, like the people online like thinking that like that wasn't like a, an act. Like, that that wasn't a costume or whatever. You know, a character. Oh, it's but, definitely an act. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to see how long he plays. He Like, he runs with this, though. Yeah. Probably throughout the new album cycle. Yeah, probably. And if in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> for those people listening, um, ever since Limp Bizkit's been back for the last couple weeks, Fred Durst has been playing his shows in, like, pleated pants mm-hmm. and, like, a button down short sleeve shirt and his hair is long and gray now although i'm 99 percent convinced it's a big wig and he wears these like he looks like stan lee yeah he looks like fucking like bad grandpa like, yeah and he's got like these giant sunglasses which like i don't even know what the color of that tint is it's like an orange like a smoky orange like lens a, like an orange sunset they're just mm-hmm. so huge <laughs> Like literally, just Google any like Google Limp Biscuit and hit news, and then you'll just see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, but they're back, man, and they look like they're doing well. Like their shows are looking good. So Wes like, Borland, Wes is great. yeah, Wes is back. Like he was gone for a little bit, wasn't he? Wasn't Wes? Wasn't oh. Wes out of the, like kind of gone for a little bit? I think he was on their last album. Wasn't the, was their last album Golden Cobra? Ugh, yeah, I think, right. I think it's Gold Cobra. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Was he on that one? Because so. didn't, didn't he take a hiatus at some point? He I'm left like the fucking the band. I'm gonna be honest, boys. <laughs> I haven't kept up on Limp Biscuit over the years. Yeah, I, I checked out. <laughs> I checked out in about o two. Yeah. How, how dare you not keep your ear to the ground on that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see though if like if he can come back to like like and I shouldn't say relevance, but like relevance. Well, that's the thing is like they're kind of dominate like they're if you just spend five minutes on Loudwire. There's like Limp Biscuits all over the place on the internet right now. Yeah, but it's so not about it's music. It's exactly. About. Like, is this a flash in the pan? Are they just kind of getting another 15 minutes back in the spotlight? Yeah. Or whenever they come out with this new album, because they said they have a new album that's going to come at some point. Um, is this something that's going to stick? And I hope it is something that stick because, you know, we've talked about it before. We flashback to our first episode where we talk about bands that made us like it's no secret i'm huge Limp biscuit fan so and i have no shame in that but <laughs> i hope like i would l- want nothing more than limp biscuit to come back and be awesome and mm-hmm. like people love them right now so it's like hey give them give them some new music and see if you know maybe you can grow your fan base get some some uh get some new kids into your shit you know you never know what's gonna sure. happen so I've been um, I've been listening to a lot of Crowbar, uh, as Josh knows. Like we're gearing up, they're coming to Indy to the Emerson. I can't wait, bro. and we're fucking pumped. 
but Sonic's excess and its period's form and time heals nothing. Of course, the self-titled Crowbar album. And when is this show? Ah, uh, fuck. Do you know the date on that? I think it's September. Yeah, I think it's sometime oh, in it's September. Oh, it's coming up. Yeah. Oh, we gotta go then. Yeah. And, Headlined uh, by Municipal Waste. Yes. So, Crowbar is one of those bands, man. Just heavy fucking sledgy stuff. I think they're from New Orleans, right? They're, Correct, uh, yeah. Down South, sledgy. Like, uh, just... Wh- how would you describe Crowbar? Like, other than sludge? Sludge metal. Yeah, sludge metal, yeah. Yeah. And um, I've, I've also been going back to, like, the classic uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Like, I've been listening to Core quite a bit and Number 4. Like, the... I always remember the number four album because my brother had it, but it's like the big white star on the black album. And it, um, but yeah, just two fucking classic albums like Core, Dead and Bloated, like a song that you don't hear uh, nearly enough, like, you know, on alternative radio uh, here in Indy at least. That sex type thing and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Stone Temple Pilots is just one of those bands that kind of gets, I feel like they get like um, unfairly. Like, I remember when they came out, um, like, reading articles of when they came out, they were, like, lumping them in with grunge and all that shit. And it's like, I don't feel like that was fair. Like, we've talked about it before. I felt like that they picked up some of the stuff from Guns N' Roses, even. Like, if you listen to the, some of their stuff. like sex Do you think you're thing. tying that in there because of a Velvet Revolver? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But, like, even sex type thing, like, sounds like Guns N' Rosey to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, speaking of Guns N' Roses, that new song that they released, what are your opinions on that, Josh? I don't know. It's really hard to get a, a good, uh, grasp on it from a live version from someone's cell phone. Mm-hmm. But just from what I heard, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I didn't really care for it. See the guitar, like it sounded heavy as fuck. Like the guitar sounded yeah. good. Yeah. But Axel, my dad said that. Yeah, yeah. The, but like Axel was like, I, I don't know what. Um, I just thought he sounded like he was a narrator for like a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he sounded like he was giving a speech or something. Yeah. I don't know what the. And again, all this is coming off of, and it's a reworking. It's called absurd, but it's a reworking of the song Silkworms, which is I yeah. guess like a, an oldie, like unreleased track, right? Yeah, I think it was, um, like. From the Chinese democracy sessions or yeah. something. Yeah, but it's like new Guns N' Roses. What do you think? You think that's a and what was the what was the song titled again? It's called Absurd. Absurd. And that's right. He yeah, just goes around Absurd. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the guitars and shit are heavy as fuck in it, man. Yeah. Also, uh, that uh, Crowbar Municipal Waste uh-huh. show is November thirteenth. Okay. And it's with Skeletal Remains and Dead Heat. I'm in. Oh man, but but yeah, the Guns N' Roses, new music would be fucking like I don't even know. I Insane. think that was like the biggest deal since like Hardwired, right? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, it it would probably be bigger than Hardwired. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's like first new music since what ninety four, ninety five? No, like oh eight Chinese uh, Democracy. Uh, I mean, that wasn't yeah. GNR. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It would be the first, like, with Slash and, like, Duff McKagan since Use Your Illusion. Mm-hmm. One and two. Yeah, and it's, like, the biggest band in the world, and then they just ceased, ceased to exist, and then Axel did his thing for a while, and it's, like... But new music from this classic group, man, would be fucking killer. I wonder, sure. what, like, what motivated them to start making new music. You know what I mean? So how much money they were making on <laughs> tour. Yeah. Like, how much money are we not making? I mean, they were the highest... Yeah, they were the highest paid, like, 2016, they were the highest paid group. Like, even over, like, Miley Cyrus and all them, like, Bieber. Do you have like any idea, like, group. what they were making on tour? Dude. Without they, looking at it, it was, all. like, know, hundreds yeah. of, mi- like, the tour grossed, like, hundreds of millions, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I wonder how, yeah. There was, like, some stat that Guns N' Roses was, like, the 20th ranked economy in the world. <laughs> or something like Jesus that. Jesus Christ. I'm serious. Like, I can't remember what it was. I'll find it. You guys talk about something. Let me find that. Stuff. So that's that's what got them <laughs> together was like money. But it's like, yeah. if you're spending a lot of time around these guys, like these guys go back to when they were like 18 and shit. So it's like, yeah. you got to start, like you got to think that they've been, you know, uh, even Slash being Slash, just like pumping out a little new riffs or whatever. And right. Axel being a creative guy like he is. It's like you got to think that they've worked on some shit. Like even this song, absurd. Like 
even if we get like the official version, which again, they played live and we heard on a phone. It's like the official right. version could sound different, but yeah, I actually kind of liked what I heard. And it's like, um, if we get a new song, even that hits Spotify, it would be fucking huge, you know, new oh, yeah. music. So, so this was from 2016, September 8th from Metal Sucks. The headline is, Guns N' Roses is now the 12th largest economy in the world. <laughs> That's fucking insane. You got any numbers behind that? So it looks like each show was grossing around $3 million. Each show? Yeah. And how many how many shows? Did, does it say how many shows they did? Uh, I'd have to... I'd have to do some more looking, but I know they did a lot of shows. Yeah, they, Fuck, man, they, three? they toured the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're probably talking at least 40, 50 shows, right? Mm-hmm. At least. It looks like the tour, in t- uh, as of November 25th, 2019, the tour had grossed $584.2 million, and they'd sold <laughs> 5.37 million tickets. And that's from Forbes. Well, so wait, wait, and you said they were doing about three per show, so five eighty four by three, that's one hundred and ninety four and change. Did they? There's no way they did one hundred and ninety something shows, dude. They probably have. Yeah, they probably have. They've, dude, they've been around. Wait, like was that number the five eighty four? Was that like the life of the band, or just no? The life of that reunion tour. There was yeah. just, that was just that one tour. Since 2016, like, yeah. Yeah, the reunion tour. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my but God. But I think that one, like the reunion tour, was like 2016. I think, do they are they still technically on it? I don't know. Technically, but like, yeah. On that one, okay. from 2016 to 2019, that whole reunion tour had grossed half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you put in perspective, because, yeah, it did span several years. But that's so. still like Fuck. more than, <laughs> that's almost $200 million a year. Yeah. So if you want the answer for why they got back together, uh, there you go. Ching. Yeah. <laughs> Cash register. Yeah. But like, yeah, new music from those guys though, like I would be fucking elated. For sure. To get new music from those guys. I mean, anytime you get new something new from a, a classic band, that's awesome. Like we were uh, talking. It's not technically true though. Like some classic bands. You're like, like, re- like rewi- you're like rewind the Iron Maiden discussion. Yeah, last I, don't, week. I don't think we need another Molly Crew album. Well, like it, that's see, not on the same level, though. See, like a new Kansas record, or like a new. <laughs> that's not, no, not to be mean, not to like diminish those bands or whatever, but it's like uh, Guns and Roses are still young enough, though, to where like because Axl Rose is like fifty eight, like something yeah. like that. I mean, they're they're as young as Metallica, right? So it's yeah, because like, James, still, yeah, James is only like in his mid fifty. Like, yeah, they're yeah, they're about the same. I mean, and that's what you don't realize, like when you talk about Guns and Roses, is like especially if you're in good shape too. Yeah. We think about them like they're like a classic like seventies eighties bands, and it's like they debuted in eighty seven. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not like they're a few years older than like the grunge acts and shit. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like they're not that fucking old. So coming from them, I would be way more excited than like you know, enter eighties band here. You know, Molly yeah. Crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Motley Crew new music. I just want them to play "Shout at the Devil." And yeah, looks to kill, and you know all this, all the classics. <laughs> yeah. It, but yeah, so did we want to get to the spotlights, Brooks? Yeah, I mean, frankly, we kind of did spotlights. I mean, what I want, I talked about Twelve Foot Ninja. Josh, Josh's big thing was full um, of hell, full of hell, and uh, you know, we gave you that. I told you so on Spirit Box. You know, I mean, it was kind of a we kind of had a Everybody cheat. Kind of we kind of had a cheat sheet on that one, but hey, you heard it here first, and we're gonna stick to it. Um, but Travis, yes, I definitely know you're itching to tell us about what you've been digging in to and you know josh and i are going to stay up way too late tonight so we can catch up with what you're getting into yeah and i won't get like into every part of it um no we got time let's do it but <laughs> like so okay so this was uh something that i checked out because eddie trunk i know i i listened to eddie trunk quite a bit serious xm and he had mentioned uh, the Music Box Season 1, Episode 1 documentary on HBO on Woodstock 99. And um, so he was kind of ranting about it, you know, saying some of the stuff like that I agree with. But essentially, what I took from the documentary is a lot of, and it, it, and it was typical, you know, as everyone knows, Woodstock 99 was a, a disaster. Like, if you look at the festival from like a 
was their running water and like uh, bathrooms and you know all this other shit. It was a disaster. Uh, there was fires, you know, shit like that. But I felt like that this doc did uh, the predictable, and they wanted they laid the blame to places where it shouldn't have been and didn't in other places. Like it's like the Woodstock '99 fell apart because of the fucking promoters and the shoddy planning and the having it in August and on blacktop. And not having anywhere for people to uh, refuge, you know, <laughs> get shade, um, yeah. charging $4 for bottles of water. Um, you know, it, the list goes on and on. Pipes break. There's literally shit and piss, like, on, like in the campground. People are rolling around in it. Like, none of that shit is corn or Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock's fault or heavy music's fault. Another thing... So number two, if you don't want an aggressive crowd and you don't want aggressive fans, then don't have aggressive music at a show, because Metallica, especially from bands that were at their peak. Yes, like this was peak hard rock, new metal time. Yes, what the fuck did you expect people to do when Limp Bizkit comes on and sings a song titled "Break Stuff"? Like what did you expect? And mind you, Limp wasn't Limp Biscuit like closing the night? Uh, and they they were the or, third from closing. It was Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, and they, again, Rage Against the Machine gets no hate. <laughs> They're a pretty fucking hard band, would yeah. you say? And uh, Metallica ended the night that night. Yeah. And it's like. They're, they're fucking... Well, and then you think about it, too. What have these people been doing? I mean, we've been to a number of festivals. What do you do all day at these things? You, uh, you're you not just, like... You get intoxicated. You're getting into shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, by the yeah. time 7, 8, 9 o'clock rolls around, you're kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're ready to, you know, get after it. And I played you a few clips, even, of Moby talking about... Like, that's the thing. It's like... They shift blame and stuff, and I'm like, this isn't really a fair like criticism, in my opinion, when you hear Moby talking about the genre of new metal and how it's like transgressive and like uh, hateful and stuff like that. But I showed you that clip, Josh. Did you have anything to say about the it? The thing about it is, and I think it's important that we bring this up. What went on there, like, should never happen. You know, yeah. nobody should get hurt and go to a show and, like, have to worry about getting hurt or anything like that. But you can't... Like, the people that were harming people, those people are, like... Those people deserve to be arrested. Those people are criminals, right? If Absolutely. you're out hurting people, like, that's the thing. But you can't shift the blame. It's It goes kind of back to the old adage of, like, video games are causing people to do bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've, like, blamed music for a lot of things. Like, you'd have to blame horror movies from the 80s and 70s for people acting out or causing violence. You can't blame the artists for the actions of what people are, like, doing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I mean, it's... It's hard because, like, nobody should get hurt, right? But, like, the, the musician on stage, like, even if, like, they're trying to hype the crowd up and they're like, yeah, we need a mosh pit, yada, yada, yada. Like, they're not asking for you to, like, beat somebody <laughs> into, like, a pole. Yeah. And, no like, shit. like, I'm not trying to say that to be funny, but, like, it's true. It's, like, it, there's always going to be, like, the blame. Instead of the blame being shifted to the people who, and, like, I have to mention, I haven't seen the documentary, so I need to watch it. But, like, it just kind of reminds me of, like, instead of blaming the act of the person, they just go back to blaming music, video mm-hmm. games, movies. Yeah, the easy way out. And it's like, uh, and to be fair, to give the documentary some credit, they open it with that 69 Woodstock, like, is seen as this, like, great mass of people and that it, like, went off without a hitch and stuff. And there was a lot Peace of stuff. Peace and love, brother. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that went unreported, one. And then, uh, two, they didn't talk about a lot of stuff that had to happen. Like, it was almost a disaster as well. They had to airlift stuff in. You know, the military did. Yeah. You know, it, it, shit could have went wrong yeah, I easily. Think the point you're trying to, I think the point you're trying to make is that, you know, it seems like there's this unfair bias of them just pointing out of what, all went wrong at 99 Woodstock. Mm-hmm. But 
like you have to have it with an even playing field too and not just focus solely on that like yeah you'd have to focus on every music festival there is yeah absolutely because <laughs> absolutely. like there's crazy stuff that goes on at every music festival mm-hmm. so you can't just like paint this one festival with a bad brush because and what that 99 woodstock was terrible yeah okay new metal for the most part is terrible yeah. okay <laughs> Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. But you have to, like, if you're going to do your reporting, it has to be, like, you know, unbiased. Yeah, and that, that was another thing they brought up, and you'll see when you check it out, is, like, um, some of the promoters, like, were blaming some of that on MTV as well, because MTV, Carson Daly, and, like, uh, Kurt Lauder were, like, they're almost like it was a war zone. Like, they were, like, reporting like it was a war zone, like, inside from Woodstock and stuff. So they were yeah. like, w- they were like, MTV was kind of uh, pushing this narrative, like that it's such a such a disaster and like all this other stuff too. It's just like if it bleeds, it leads. Like it's yeah. that old. It's um, very interesting documentary though. But all saying. that said, like I I do recommend it, checking it out because it is like it is pretty killer to see these bands like you know perform and Corn. Um, they interview Jonathan Davis a little bit, and he's like. You know, the crowd was, like, insane, and he was, like, I was doing my fucking best to, like, I was, like, most of these people aren't corn fans, so I'm going to fucking, I got to, you know, make them corn fans and stuff. But I absolutely recommend the documentary. I don't agree with a lot of, like, the, you know, the narratives that they try to push and stuff. Can but, you remind us what it's called again? Uh, Let's see. I have it written down here. It is the Music Box Season 1, Episode 1, Woodstock 99 on HBO. Okay. How long is it? Like an hour and fifty minutes. So, oh, yeah, yeah. They go day by day. Oh, so like, are they going to do? Um, is this festival documentary? I'm not sure. I think um, so. so I the guy that does statement. thirty for thirty, uh, did, Bill Simmons. Yes, Bill Simmons does this. So I think the did next he really Bill Simmons did this. Yes. So the next episode is going to be um, focused on something else, I believe. So it's not the next episode won't be Woodstock. No. The next episode will not be, be Woodstock ninety nine. Is it all fest is it all about festival stuff or just music in general? No, it's all about the the festival. Yeah. It, it like Oh, begins... so I retract my statement about uh having a bias towards just one festival. So maybe they'll look at the other ones too. No, I mean like it no, it's not all about festivals. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. No. Yeah, this episode is like all about Woodstock ninety nine, so Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to give it a watch. It, sure. Dude, it is fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah, because like I've seen those videos on YouTube for years mm-hmm. of just performances from that festival. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was like a bunch of stuff that went down, like specifically during the Limp Biscuit thing, which uh, I think that kind of like derailed Limp Biscuit's career for a while, didn't it? Uh, I'm not sure. No, because that was, that was 99. They, they still released Chocolate Starfish after that. Yeah, that was and huge. they were still doing. Oh, okay. Chocolate Starfish was like in 2000. Okay. So they still had some. Rel- they still had a period of relevance after that. He did like uh, he did get pissed though, like um, that they blamed a lot of it on him. Like they even call him in the documentary. They were like, "Yeah, Fred Dorsch is a moron. We told him to chill it and stuff like that." But at the same time, it's like he's doing what Fred Durst does. Like, did you think Lib Biscuit was going to show up and not play break the fuck stuff? Did you think? Like, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you you peg all these like aggressive bands and you expect them not to be aggressive. <laughs> like Rage Against Take Rage Against Machine. Rage Against Machine is like really really aggressive music as well. DMX For is sure. really aggressive music as For well. For sure. But the other thing too, like I think if I remember what Fred Durst said before break stuff was like if you woke up today and you were pissed off or yeah. something like that. Like he's like I mean, you got yeah. boy problems, you got girl problems, you got boss problems. Let all that shit out. Yeah, but like yeah. so many bands say that nowadays. Absolutely. Like so many bands say mm-hmm. that at shows. Like it's not like, like he ordered everybody to tear shit up. Like you know, right. like, dude, bands like call for like walls of death and like mosh pits and circle pits all the time now and open see, it up yeah <laughs> that's where i say that is a problem with the promoter and not the acts it's like if the promoters did not want a rock festival they shouldn't have uh hired like rock acts it should have been all fucking uh, just alanis get a bunch Morissette. of mobies yeah moby alanis morissette you know there there was a lot of like acts at that time that mm-hmm. wouldn't have brought that aggression you know aggression see but this is also like something we've talked about before this was that period of time where this genre of music was like truly pop music. Like 
New yeah. metal was huge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huge. So like you couldn't do Woodstock and bring in the very best of the best or the most popular stuff. You couldn't not bring in corn. You couldn't not bring in Limp Bizkit. Like if you're going to make this the biggest of the the baddest biggest festival with the baddest biggest bands, you had to bring that stuff in. So yeah, like you said, they should have expected this shit and they got no one to blame but themselves for, you know, mm-hmm. getting what they got. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but it, I, I go down, like, you could have got, I mean, fuck, I don't know. I mean, you could have got, like, so, well, the guy from some, I was going to say, like, Sublime and stuff like that, but. The one thing I will say that'll refute, or just kind of, I'll be, that I don't agree with, like, the point that, um, like, the promoters got what they got. I don't agree with that, per se, because nobody, like, books a show expecting, like, people to. Start fires. Start fires right, and get right. severely hurt. So, like, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't even go that far. Like, you have to place the blame on the people who did it. That You can't blame anybody else. You can't blame the promoters, the musicians, MTV. You can't, like, blame anybody for what went down there except for the people who did it. And, like, those people, like, you're just taking the accountability away from the people who how, how do you that. Know, how long did Woodstock... Was it like a long weekend sort of deal? It was was like, it like a three, four day or day? I long. think it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I wonder, I like, and I'm just, I'm just kind of theorizing, you know, like I said, not having watched that yet. I wonder if part of this was like, okay, these guys, these uh, fans have been out here for days, hot as fuck, dehydrated, getting messed up on whatever substance they're using. <laughs> they should have went home. And then Limbiscus shows up, and then, like, you know what? I'm mad. It's been a long few days. I'm going to get after it now. Mm-hmm. So. The attendance was approximately 400,000 people over four days. Yeah. They, the, the thing is, like, it's, it's on the people who committed those acts. Like, you can't. There's no one else to blame. Like you can't blame rock music. You can't blame horror movies. You can't blame video games for the actions of what people do. And like if you do, it's just a cop out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think that's really all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is though. Yeah, it really is. Okay, so as we step into the guillotine this week, it is an all ACDC battle this week. <laughs> 1979's Highway to Hell versus 1978's Powerage. Boys, who wants to go first? I Not vote it. Brooks. I vote Brooks as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's get it out in the open there. Come on, Brooks. I got to put it out in the open? Yeah. Do I have to do that? All right, I'm just going to... St- All right. So, to get, so you guys know what we're talking about. When we, we talked about amongst ourselves that we wanted to do ACDC this week. And uh, it this was the Bill Clinton speech right here. Well, a few days ago I got list. I was listening, kind of doing my homework for this. And I texted these guys and I said, is it just me or like, is ACDC just get tiring after about 20 minutes? <laughs> I actually, Ooh. and these guys, I swear to God, you would have thought I kicked their dogs. Yeah, I was like, there that, was pure out. There was outrage. That legit surprised me that you said you didn't care too much for ACDC. Now, yeah, he's. I'm gonna walk it now. back a little bit right now. Yeah, because uh, tonight I was getting a cram session in before we started recording, and when I was listening to Poweridge, mm-hmm. it actually was like a true, like a, it was a, it was an enjoyable listen. Like I, I went to that one first. Highway to Hell, I didn't touch on it as much, but Powerage, I listened to again, mm-hmm. and you know, like I, when I li- was listening to it the first time, I was kind of doing other stuff, so it wasn't like dedicated listening, and I was just, like, after twenty minutes, I was like, God damn, I need a break. <laughs> I just can't stand it. I just like I <laughs> need damn. I need something else. This is the worst was, take on any podcast ever. <laughs> I know, but like that's just how I was. I was like, man, I don't know about. We that. need to get that clip where it's like, boo this man, boo. Yeah. boo. <laughs> well, it surprised the sh- shit out of me that you didn't like uh, that you weren't feeling ACDC like when you texted us that. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. Maybe I was just in a bad mood that day or something. But I will say, like, w- when I listened to it again today, like getting through Power Edge, like. 
I was just like getting around the house, like just kind of, I was like kind of grooving and moving a little bit. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. this this is good. But I say that all to say, now with that take, I was like, all right, I got to be a little more academic with my review this time. Mm-hmm. So the way I did, I was just kind of going through and making notes and like kind of grading songs individually and how I thought of it, how it played into the into the album. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let facts subjective facts okay rule the day today and by a very slim margin highway to hell wins for me okay which i thought going through this exercise with myself i thought it was going to be the other way around because my uh, my subjective self thought that power ridge was a better listen but the way i rated songs in the album says highway to hell wins and i think what did it like when i'm reviewing the first like four songs on Highway to Hell are just like like some serious classics, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a pretty remarkable first. And this is a ten song uh, album. I mean, yeah, it's forty percent of the album is ridiculous, like classics that b- even casual fans know these songs. And I'm talking title track, Highway to Hell, Girls Got Rhythm, Walk All Over You, Touch Too Much. Those songs are legit. If you want blood, if yeah, you want like, blood, and that song yeah. is badass too. Oh yeah, and like I even really like one song I uh, like get like getting into another listen that I thought was a really really good song was uh, "Love Hungry Man" mm-hmm. because one of the one of the notes I made for myself was it's a catchier riff than most songs, and and they have a really good solo in the middle too. Mm-hmm. So like this song is kind of a little heavier because throughout this exercise of listening to both albums, I was one thing that I kind of maybe it's opinion, maybe it's well, something I noticed about ACDC is their their like guitar work is not very complex. Like they just for a song they just kind of find a riff and they just repeat it over and over and over again. Like they don't really do a whole lot else. And I, I kind of noticed that was a theme, and that's on that's something that can be said for both albums. So, like, they just kind of have a riff, and it just kind of repeats. So that's something that I thought, like, when I was first listening, I was like, okay, this is going to be a criticism of this album. But then I was like, oh, shit, it's both. So that's just what they do. Well, I, And I'm not saying that's a no, bad thing. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I think it's just a, something they do. That's what, Like, the reason you can tell any ACDC song that it's an ACDC song right away is because they've created like their own sound. Yeah. And like the way people describe ACDC is a garage band or a bar band that just happened to get big. They made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, they, they make no bones about it. Like they, um, it's I, very much like arena rock too. Yeah. Like the, I think they asked, um, didn't they ask, uh, young, like, I think it was this last year or something like, uh, if they've, if he's heard some of the criticism that they've made the last, the same record, like over and over again or uh, for the last 10 years or something. And he's like, we've been making the same record for the last like 40 years. Or yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. But it's like, they know who they are and they know what they do and they do it like, it's just well. like fun music, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Like- and like something like a lot of, you know, when I'm kind of just quickly going over my notes about songs again, like even when I look back at power, Ridge, it's like, there's awesome songs on that album too. Like rock and roll damnation. Mm-hmm. I thought down payment blues is a great song oh, it's a great and song. kicked in the teeth is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. And that was a heavier guitar, so maybe that's why it kind of um, stuck with me. But a lot of my notes about ACDC songs, it's very groovy. Like this is, it's just they just very get into blues. a groove, bluesy, bluesy yeah. groove, and they just kind of fit into that like hard rock box. But so I think on a on a more like objective, like analytical listen, I think it made me like. You know, whatever that, you know, when I was texting you guys, maybe I was just in a mood, bad mood that day or something. But like when I was listening to it again, I I definitely appreciated it a lot more. Yeah. And I was like, this is why we all like ACDC because it's just very easy to hook onto. Yeah. But um, very accessible. Both albums are fantastic. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, Highway to Hell took the edge. And Brooks, you should have put out the disclaimer that um, you're not a huge classic rock fan, are you? Well, I am, but like. And I've made, I've made no bones about it through our time on the pod so far is 
I just always find like when I'm gonna go listen to music, I just find myself gravitating towards new stuff. Yeah. So it's not that I dislike older stuff. It's just when I'm in the mood, I generally go for the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, but at the end of the day, two really good albums. Um, I didn't like you said, like Travis, you said they've been making the same album for 40 years. They said when I listen to the two, I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm listening to the same shit. It's two albums of the same stuff. But so it was a little nitpicky, but um, I thought Highway to Hell was good. But like even when going through this, I know I'm taking a long time to go through this, yep, but let's speed it up, Brooks. Nothing, but like, if there's one thing to say, um, I didn't think any of the songs sucked, but going through it, I think there was a couple songs like in the middle on Powerage that I just kind of gave them like, in. Oh, don't you dare well, say, say it, but say don't say, say it. Don't you, <laughs> you say, say Sin City, but I'm no, 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 no. That was like number two. Don't that, say that Riff was, like, Raff favorite. either. No, Riff Raff's good. <laughs> no, no, no. Those were not it. Um, Thank God. It was like gone shooting. I was like, uh, sounds like whatever. But, <laughs> but no, but but um, the middle on both was kind of in, but the, on on uh, Powerage it was like that min- minute level of fair assessment, anyway. bud. Fair assessment. But so you're not a classic rock guy though, so that's all right. But I no, I'm no. That's that's wrong. That's that's not a good take. I'm not I'm not anti classic rock. It's just. I could do a little better in spending more time on it, but yeah. I do enjoy it. That's fair. All right, all right, go. Travis, you go. Okay, so 1979's Highway to Hell versus 1978's Powerage. I got to give the advantage and agree with Brooks to 1979's Highway to Hell. Um, Sin City is my absolute favorite track by ACDC, but the better overall album I feel is highway to hell i feel like it all culminated all the work with um you know the blues the rock dirty deeds done dirt cheap powerage all these fantastic let there be rock don't forget it oh yeah let there be rock uh live wire all these fantastic bluesy rock records culminated to them hiring mutt lang and producing highway to hell one of the most classic fucking rock albums of all time you got highway to hell girls got rhythm is one of my top three songs from acdc my top three songs from acdc actually come from these two records it's sin city night prowler and girls got rhythm uh walk all over you touch too much uh if you want blood you've got it but yeah and like i already said night prowler um about uh richie ramirez i believe if i'm not mistaken but it's like just a classic, classic fucking record. And this was tough for me because Power Edge is probably, that would probably be my second favorite ACDC record because it's just fucking like a balls out, like in your face, bluesy rock record. And I know that's a lot of people's favorite ACDC record. Like it's a, it's almost like pure, just pure rock and roll. Um, but I got to give the slight edge to highway to hell however poser that sounds and highway to hell is a skip for me by the way like it's great whatever i've heard it way too many times though (laughs) i see he shaking his head too it's almost unlistenable to me but girls got rhythms one of those songs that never gets old for me like i can always put that fucking song on and it's that dun 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 dun. Mm -hmm. it's just like you're just ready to fucking roll dude it's just you're ready to roll uh, Easy there, Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, it, it is, though. It's one of those songs where you get in your car and you just put that motherfucker on and you're ready to roll. Like, But, yeah, I love this album. Um, I love them both, but I, I would have to go with Highway to Hell. Josh? Well, boys, I'm going to just say you both are wrong. Posers. <laughs> We're both posers. <laughs> Powerage is the greatest ACDC album ever made. All right. With the greatest ACDC song ever made. Riff Raff. Sin City. Okay. So, let's just get down to it, bud. This is the album you listen to with your dad while you're in the garage working on the car. <laughs> this is the album that when you... When he's screaming at you to hold the light. This is the album you listen to when you first get your license and you're driving around town just having fun by yourself and you got it on cassette because you have an older car and you pop in Powerage by ACDC. 
Well, it wasn't for you though. For you, it was blonde or it was uh, uh, Linda Ronstadt, right? I, I yeah, <laughs> I did, and Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> so, uh, rock and roll damnation. Oh, a a top five ACDC song. song. Riff Raff, a top ten ACDC song. Sin City, in my opinion, is the that's best. The, that's AC/DC their best song, song ever made. Gone shooting. We got kicked in the teeth. What's next to the moon? And like Brooks said, down payment blues. From start to finish, man, this album is flawless. It is the epitome of what I think ACDC was with Bon Scott. Mm-hmm. It's the type of music you just kick back and you have fun and you listen to. It's uh, You don't have to really pay attention to it. You just have fun. Like I go back and when I think of ACDC, I think of hanging with my dad. And... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's something that I'll always, like, cling to with ACDC is, like, hanging out with my dad, listening to it on CD player, driving around in his truck on cassette. Um, yeah, man, like, ACDC holds a special place in my heart because it's just something that me and my dad always connect with. And uh, this album from start to finish is just, like, I feel is ACDC at their best in the Bon Scott era. I think it goes this and then uh, Let There Be Rock, mm-hmm. I think, is their second best album. Um, I think these two, I think they came out back to back. So it was I, I Let so. There Be Rock and so. then Powerage. And these two albums back to back cannot be messed with in ACDC's. Uh, what is it about Highway to Hell for you that where it falls short? Is it Highway I to Hell? I love Highway to Hell. <laughs> I just I can't listen to the song Highway is to Hell. Is it Highway to Hell? Is that where the, like it falls I mean, there's off? killer truck. Yeah, I just like, it's one of those songs I could go the rest of my life without hearing again. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, like, songs, like you said, like, Girls Got Rhythm, um, If You Want Blood, You Got It, mm-hmm. um, Shot Down in Flames, mm-hmm. like, all killer tracks, but, like, I just tend to lean toward more Powerage. I think, uh, like, it's hard for me to go with an album, and I know I contradict myself because I said I prefer Diamond Eyes over White Pony, even though, like, Digital Bath is, like, my favorite Deftone song. No, oh, that's what I did too, though. Like yeah. Sin City well, is this my isn't, favorite. I was gonna say this isn't the what album is my favorite. No, I song know, on. but it's... like most of the time, I cling to the album that has my favorite song. Mm-hmm. I, ke- I keep going back to it. There's just something about the way that it flows together. Um, I don't know. I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so maybe that comes into play too. But yeah, um, Powerage for me, man. It's uh, you both are wrong for what <laughs> for what it's worth. Every list that I. Well, that's not true. Almost every list that I looked up, like to see where people had it ranked, it was Power Ridge, this, and Back in Black, like on every on every list. I much. feel like you have to split it down the middle between Bon Scott and Brian Johnson. Yeah, and initially I think we were going to do like Highway to Hell versus Back in Black, right? Yeah, and we were like, that's kind of not fair though, because Bon Scott guys like 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 you and I really like. I, I would go anything Bon Scott over Back in Black. Yeah. And that's not fair because Back in Black is an incredible record. Right. So it's almost not fair. Like, you know, we would almost have to do like the uh, the Brian Johnson versus Brian Johnson. Like whatever you think would be yeah. his second best. But Back in Black versus Razor's Edge. Yeah. Hey. Which, yeah, Back in Black wins. See, Back in Black for me, like, and I know this isn't the battle on that. It's kind of like it kind of has the same problem that you said, like Highway to Hell, because it's just dude, so every, every song every on that album, <laughs> dude. Back in Black, the song. If I ever hear that, but see, yeah, oh, <laughs> like, and, and this is a good, this is good to get it out there though. Like, this is good material because we know to never put that on a battle because that'll lose for me. Do not ever play "You Shook Me All Night Long." Oh, ever, <laughs> and it's like me. it's nothing against the song, but it's like. Every if you look up Back in Black, every every one of those fucking songs, dude, has been overplayed. Shoots a thrill. All if they songs. played at your local Buffalo Wild Wings, just <laughs> oh, I cannot, bud. It's <laughs> nothing against it. It's like it's a huge album. It's it's not even the, the band's fault. I no. just can't take it anymore. Is it so? Is it like every song on that album? Like Hell's Bells, I think is pretty dope. Oh, but you're over that too. <laughs> I'm over it. You're I'm just tired like, of never. going to NFL games and hearing Hell's Bells <laughs> like between the third down. Yeah, yeah Hell's Bells is like crazy. Like that whole album is like Crazy Train to me. Like, oh, you know, it's like, it's like, nothing <laughs> is worse than Crazy Train. It's like Crazy Train, Stairway to Heaven. Even right. um, like uh, some Guns N' Roses shit goes on there too. Like uh, Get Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine is on out. there. Yeah, yeah, they shouldn't even play them. 
No. <laughs> Ban those from the set list, bud. <laughs> Dude, get that out. What's a song like that for you, though? Like, what's a song that you're just totally... Just over it? With? Like, Inner Sandman? Would it be Inner Sandman? Dude, I... Inner Sandman is as like much as, as much as I, I do love that song, if I went to a Metallica show and they never heard that again, I wouldn't be mad. Oh, I think that's like every Metallica so fan, though. So many other songs you could put in there. And I know that sounds like you're being a hipster, but, like, dude, Inner Sandman is so overplayed. Yeah. No, but, like, <laughs> it's that, so that, that, like, that's not even it, though. It's like... There's other like when we go to Metallica shows. There's so many. There's other songs that we would just love them to play that they don't play, that we would love to hear. Like you never know if you're gonna get to hear Battery or not. Like give me Battery over Inner Sandman every time. Dude, I'll never. take I'll take Purify over Sandman. Oh, but I'll take anything off Saint Anger. Remember when we? Uh, okay, that's. I'm serious, that's dude. I cannot less... stand that song anymore. Dude, I, I, I actually heard. I actually heard Saint Anger on Liquid Metal Good. today, and Good. I was like, "What?" Remember this? This is behind the scenes, and this is digging at Brooks a little bit. Oh, like, remember, fuck, here we go. <laughs> remember when we approached the ACDC battle and he said like uh, Thunderstruck or something like that. He, he was like, give me Thunderstruck and get the fuck out or something. And we were like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but if I'm at your restaurant and I hear Thunderstruck. <laughs> no, I'm no, leaving without I'm, band. No, no Thunderstruck. No, thunderst- I thought I was talking about that. Like, okay. At, like that's every Brooks is baseball like, game I've ever yeah, been to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but it's like you're at a Chicago Bulls game and you hear that and you're like, "Oh, I'm pretty God. sure I'm pretty sure the White Sox start every game yeah, by I bet playing Thunderstruck." I bet they do. <laughs> Did you see how physically uncomfortable he got when we brought up you shook me all night long? <laughs> that is like a song where it's just like, "Get that the fuck off." <laughs> but there are so we should do a list of like top ten songs that we could never hear again. That'd be a fun episode. Negative yeah. Nancy episode. No, hey, oh, dude, real let me talk. Just go off. Yeah, real talk. Let's put that into existence. Like, let's do a list show where it's like you know we pause from the battle and we go. No, ten... we still need to do battles. Well, we could still do the battles. We go five. This is the topic. This is the discussion topic. Five classic rock songs that you could never hear. Uh, ever again and you'd be perfectly okay with it i think i'd be all right with that yes we'll do, do that. that we'll do that in the near future yeah, you maybe maybe not the... next week maybe next week maybe not but i like that that would be the fun future. as hell though the five yeah. classic rock songs that now would it be share would, I, would it be like i've never if i never hear it ever or never hear it at a live show that'd be interesting too I'm just gonna say, never like I said, again. like never I would, again. I would never not want to hear Enter Sandman again. But oh, I if I go to a Metallica show, I wouldn't be mad if they never played it again. Dude, right. I think I, that's, I think that's valid. If I went the rest of my life without hearing Enter Sandman, I would probably die happier. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think I would die happier. And we could like throw classic rock in there too, like you know, like pink floyd leds up and all that stuff and i don't want to yeah. reveal too much like because no. i think that's a good idea for a show we're de- we're like brainstorming yeah. on the airways right now yeah. i like it it's disgusting yeah. <laughs> well i think i think that'd probably be a good point to wrap up for today yeah. for today um <laughs> hey guys thanks for tuning in listening to this I, I like where this conversation took us today it was a little spirited um let us know like you know when we after you listen to us what ACDC album you favor? What you favor? Are you a Powerage guy? Are you on Team Heath, or are you on Team Victory? Winning. Team winning. You're all Team probably Victory. And you're gonna go with Team Tiger Hill. Blood. We're gonna go put on with Thunderstruck. <laughs> let's go. Let, be, let's go load up the touch tunes right now. Brooks is gonna be waltzing down the stairs listening to "You Shook Me All Night Long." <laughs> God. But that song is terrible. You need to go down to your local bar and play that on the touch tunes. God. Hey, at least at least it'd be available, right? Oh yeah, it would definitely be available. Most recently played. Yeah, it's like the. I guarantee you, if you go down to the bar right now and you get on the touch tunes, the number one song is either Inner Sandman or it's You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. I guarantee you. Dead or alive. I'm gonna yell, yeah, wanted dead or alive by Bon Jovi. But I I guarantee it's one of those three songs. Sure. I want to just turn this off and go to Rooks right but, now. And, and, there's some, and I guarantee, like, number four is, like, Chris Stapleton. Uh, what's that song? Um, uh, I don't know. Tennessee Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Oh, 
Oh. Uh, Chris Stapleton's a great artist, but man, that song is so overplayed. Oh, <laughs> oh god. my god. I love it. All right, let's end it here. Yes, we, we got to we got to <laughs> I'm about to go on. Our we got to mercy kill this episode or right not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys next week. Yeah. And don't forget follow us on uh Facebook Guillotine Press. You can search for it at Guillotine PM. Same thing for Twitter at Guillotine PM. Email us guillotine press media at gmail and check out travis's uh only fans oh uh, no, no. <laughs> horrifying my friends podcast of yeah, course yes podcast. horrifying my friends the poor podcast will always be number two to this no yes <laughs> while i'm doing this yes <laughs> all right guys um again thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time peace out